Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are Pastor Deborah and Philip Banda. Be blessed. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I use this scripture to, be, to bring to mind the understanding that we on earth live under God-set seasons. God spoke to time and told time what he wants to happen in each epoch. You with me? Time is on assignment. Jesus, when asked about the end of the days, he said, no one knows the day or the hour except for my Father in heaven. God has a covenant with time and time has to fulfill the things that he has spoken into it. Another glimpse of this revelation is found in Acts chapter 17 when the Apostle Paul begins to explain to the people and then he begins to say, it is God who sets the times and the boundaries and the places where people should live so that they may seek him even though he is not far away. He set the times. God determined What does that mean? God commanded his instructions into time. Are you with me? So that's why in the book of Daniel, we see when Daniel has that powerful vision of the times to come. He was shown the times to come, but he sees it in terms of a statue. Gold, iron. You remember that? Gold, bronze, iron, iron and clay. And he was told, these are the seasons that are going to come. These are the generations of men. There will be this kingdom, then this kingdom, then this kingdom, then this kingdom. And accurately, according to Daniel's prophecy, we have seen those three, those four kingdoms come and go. Hello? We're dealing with the fourth one right now. Amazing, right? But God has spoken to time. Your time is not nameless. The time is named. God has given it a name. He has given it an assignment. God is not wasting. There's no time that doesn't have an assignment. It is our duty to be like the sons of Issachar. To know the times. And what we ought to do. That is why in our, in our days, it is very crucial. This is why he has poured out his spirit upon our flesh. To help us understand the time prophetically. If in the days of Elijah, there was only one man who understood the time as a prophet. In our days, all of us have the potential to understand the time as prophets. 
That's why Jesus said, nobody is greater than John the Baptist in terms of the old prophets, but the least in the kingdom of God. You, the least in the kingdom of God, is greater. Why? Because to us, we have been given an understanding where we can capture what God has spoken to a season, to time, and not go by just the signs we are seeing on the face of the earth, but we can capture it in the spirit. Remember what Jesus says to the Pharisees. He said to them, you hypocrites, you can look up to the sky and know that it's going to rain. But how come you cannot tell the seasons and the times of your God? We have been given the opportunity to not only be led by the times and seasons we see in the weather reports, but to capture it in the spirit. Are you with me? This time has a name. This time has specific words that God has spoken over it. And this is the, what I'm trying to bring across when I'm bringing this word. It is a time issue. It is not about do you qualify, you are not qualified. It is just you were born at this time. You know in John chapter 2 there's a story of Jesus at the wedding in Cana. You didn't see that miracle. You were not there. The people that saw that miracle did not even know they were going to see that miracle. It was just a matter of what? It's the time. They were born at that time. They were at that wedding. And they got to taste miracle wine. So it's a time issue. Do we get it? So when I take you to Habakkuk chapter 2... I'm trying to bring the understanding that the times we are living in, this is what God has said about this time. This is your opportunity. In what he has said, you find your opportunity. (coughs) So one of the clear things he has said about this this time is that the knowledge of his glory will fill the And last week I spent some time to explain what knowledge means in that scripture. It means experience. It means encounter. It means that intimate intimacy. The knowledge in that scripture means the experience of his glory. And I explained a little bit on the meaning of the word glory. And I'm going to take you there today because it's crucial that you and I begin to understand glory is not a Pentecostal word. (laughs) Uh, You know, and then, you know, God will give you all the glory. Awesome. But in the Bible, when God is using this word, it is big. It's bigger than the one that comes off our lips. So we explained a few meanings last week. We said the knowledge of the glory. Glory means the, 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 the exact representation of God. The exact, um, the, the, uh, you would like a more modern word, the presence of God. Oh, but if you go just for a word study, you will find it actually begins to mean things like weight. The weight, the heaviness of something. 
it begins to mean things like intrinsic value. But this is my favorite. This is my favorite meaning. The favorite meaning is this. Uh, is unspoken power. Mm. You got it. <laughs> unspoken power. You know, the, you know, the best explanation of unspoken power is, 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 you know, when Solomon dedicated the temple in Second Chronicles. And the Bible says the glory came down like a cloud. Nobody was announcing, oh God, I'm here. Uh, it, it, there was no hype. It's unspoken power. It says, it says the ministers could not minister. No one could stand. Unspoken power. When you carry that glory of God, you don't need to announce yourself. You know, God does not need announcers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have a hype man. You know? And sometimes we miss it because we think, you know, I think when I was growing up, the way they taught us about praise and worship, it was almost as if we have, we have to kind of, you know, rouse God up. You know, and, and then God, you know. No. You do it for your good. <laughs> we, 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 unspoken glory, unspoken power. When that... Un- the knowledge of his unspoken power. Let's rephrase it. The experience of his unspoken power will cover the earth. Have you seen what God is really up to in our days? That's what he wants to do. The experience of, of, of no wonder when you go to the Muslim world, you find God appearing to people unannounced, no preacher there. The Holy Spirit turns up, Jesus shows up, gets an imam totally saved. Yeah? A guy reading a Quran eh, encounters Jesus, gets totally saved. Unspoken power. This is the season we are in, people. I'm going to read you a scripture, but I want you to understand what it means when he talks about the glory shall cover the earth. We are in such a season that angels are, were looking forward to it. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, the prophets of old looked forward to this season. The patriarchs of old looked forward to this season. This is a loaded season. The clouds are heavy with rain. The devil... Is complaining like he complained about Job. Ah, you've, you, you, you love him too much. He will complain about this season because he can't understand why. Why us? Why? Why, does, why has God allowed us to live in this season? Neither can we understand it. But we need to begin to discern it. We are in a greater season than we think. And that's what I'm here to announce. When I'm talking about this, 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 it's not about, you know, 
you got a prophetic word and you said this is a season over the church for the next one month. No. This is a season over the church of Christ. This is what God is doing in our season. One of the key things he's doing is to make sure his presence, his unspoken power can be experienced. We need to partner with God, that's all. What are we going to do? We're just going to partner with God. We really need to start forgetting the things that we think are so big and they are hindrances to us and begin to understand that the season we're living in is so pregnant with the glory of God. The weight of God. I know last week I mentioned to you the example of Joseph and, and, and how he, uh, of David, sorry, and how he understood that. I would go as far as saying he borrowed from our time by faith. And went up against Goliath. You see, there's scriptural evidence to talk about those. That people by faith, actually, what faith does is shrink time. So most of those people, you know, just as the Bible says, the gospel by faith was preached to Abraham. Before Jesus came, Abraham. Just like Jesus says to the Syrophoenician woman, the Greek woman, when she came to him and, 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 and she, 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 she wanted her daughter healed. You remember the story? And Jesus said, uh, this is uh, it's not for you. I came to the lost house of Israel. But by faith she borrowed from the future. Jesus says, didn't say this is not never going to be for you. At that time, it wasn't for her. He came to seek that which was lost. And that is the children of Israel. At that time, grace had not come to the Gentiles yet. He has not died on the cross yet. But how come this Gentile woman received? Because faith shrinks time. Faith allows people to borrow from the future of what God is about to do and experience it now. It's not just there. This is why when we can understand also the, the, the John chapter 2. I don't know where I'm going on this trajectory. But John chapter 2 at the wedding in Cana. You understand that Jesus did say to Mary. It is not yet my time. And he wasn't wrong. Unless you think he was wrong. He wasn't wrong. But because Mary decided to apply a much more superior law to time. Which is faith. She turned around and she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She borrows from into the now. We see a lot of people in the Bible by faith, they tapped into what God was going to do in our generation. And now we are living in that time. How much more can we accomplish? This is not just me speaking. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read this scripture and it's going to preach itself. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Glory. The season of glory. Do not let this pass you by. Do not let it pass you by. 
I'm going to start from verse 7. And you will see now, Paul the Apostle describing our time and our season. Mm. He says, even the ministry that was characterized by the chiseled letters on stone tablets came with a dazzling measure of glory. Though it produced death, the Israelites could, couldn't bear to gaze on the glowing face of Moses because of the radiant splendor shining from his countenance, a glory destined to fade away. Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the Spirit that shines from us? For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. Verse 12. So then, with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. I'm going to come back to that one. But verse 13, we are not like Moses, who used the veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day that same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is, there is freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. With no veil, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord, Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The things I've just said help you understand that portion now. The comparison here, the comparison is, 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 is Paul is making a comparison. So quickly, let me run through, through down what's happening there, the facts that he's bringing up. He's bringing up the fact that Moses received the law. Now you find that in Exodus 33, 34, 35, you find Moses goes up the mountain, Moses communes with God. Face to face. Well, not really face to face. But he's in the presence of God in the mountain. At some point as they are talking, Moses says to God, show me your glory. And God says, I cannot show you my face, but I will put you at a place and I will pass by you and you will see my goodness. And after that, God shows himself to Moses and God continues to talk to Moses, gives him the law. Moses comes down the mountain. Moses does not know 
that his face is shining. And I like it because in Exodus it puts it this way. His face was shining because he had been speaking to God. Oh. May your face shine too. And when Moses comes down, here's a problem. The people look at his face. It is shining. They can't stand it. And, and, and they, 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 they're fearful, even including the closest aides around him, Aaron and all the others. They, they are fearful. They ran away from him. So he calls them back because his face is shining. And, 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 he, and he begins to talk to them about God. But for them to handle it, he has to put a veil. But here is the problem. When he puts the veil on, the people do not realize that this glory he has is actually going to fade away. So every time he addresses them, he puts the veil on. And therefore they read the law thinking it has some glory in it when the glory is fading away. But Paul is making this comparison. He's saying God knew that the law and its glory was going to fade away. He was going to change things anyway. But he still imparted a measure of glory on it. Because your father never does anything without bringing his glory to it. You get it? So he knew it's going to fade away. But he still put glory on it. The people could not understand. The people could not stand in the presence of Moses just because his face was shining. In other translations, it puts it this way. The skin of his face was shining. He had the glow of being in the presence of God. The glory. The unspoken power. Before Moses opened his mouth. Before he says, God has given me a law. They can see there's some unspoken power. The Moses who went up the mountain. And the Moses who has come down. Not the same. Aaron was his brother. He couldn't come near. Unspoken power. And all this because God was about to use Moses to release a law that will go on for generations. So he had to put his unspoken power on Moses. But because people could not handle it, Moses had to veil it. You get the comparison? Now the apostle writes there and he says that if that thing which was fading away had so much glory on it, what we have received is this. Of our days, God says this. I I will not give them an external way of of having a law. My spirit will write the law upon their hearts. He says, no, because the, the law could not even give life. What we have received now is not a ministry from Moses. We are receiving a ministry from the Holy Spirit. Greater by comparison. How much glory does it carry? That's what he's trying to say. And then the second thing he says is that it doesn't only have greater glory. It also has put us in a place where when we come to Christ, the veil is lifted. You need to understand what this means. The veil is lifted. It means our glory cannot be hidden. 
a greater glory and the veil is lifted. That's why I told you I'm going to come back to this verse here. Is it verse 12? Verse 12 says, So then with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. That's the only thing missing. If we don't have this revelation of the glory we have walked into, we fail to step out in freedom and boldness speaking the truth. The glory you carry cannot be hidden. I give you another scripture in Matthew 5. Jesus said, no one lights a lamp. God has no intentions of hiding the glory he has put in you. You have to learn to step out in boldness and speak the truth. Uh, there's something to be said about Boldness and speak the truth. Boldness and speak the truth and we will change the world. Yes. Boldness, speak the truth and we will do amazing things. Now when I say speak the truth, when the scripture says speak the truth, you need to understand what that means. It's not just, it's not just talking about, you know, you know, don't say you are in town when you are in bed. You know, things like that. It, that's, that's shallow. He's talking about a greater truth. Speak the truth. The truth is, even, even though people may look like they are sick, they are healed. Yes. That's called speaking the truth. The truth is, even though some people may think they are lost, Jesus has saved them. We speak the truth to them and bring them. Are you with me? The truth is that there is a remission of sins. We need to bring back that old word because many our modern day Christians don't get it. Remission of sins. We understand forgiveness, not remission. The Bible never says God has forgiven your sins. Do you know that? It doesn't say that. It, it says remission of sins. Repentance and remission of sins will be preached to all. Remission. Remi remission means you get it. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is shallow. Forgiveness is I forgive you. You know? I forgive you. Um, I forgive you, but you've still got a record. Yeah? You forgiveness is you've got a record. So let's so let's put it this way. Let's take you to the court of law, put you in court. You've committed a sin. Uh, you've, 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 you've stolen something, okay? You've, somebody's stolen something. You've stolen an apple, and they take you to court. I'm, I'm not going to mention big things. So you've stolen an apple, they take you to court. The judge says to you, uh, do you how do you plead? You say, guilty. You know, I, 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 I've sinned. You know, I've stolen Bright's apple. So therefore, God, uh, so the judge will say to you, okay, okay, yeah, you're guilty. But um, we're going to forgive you, okay? Based on your record, we forgive you, okay? But that crime stays on your record. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Remission is like this. You stole the apple, I you plead guilty. 
the judge remission would only be if the judge actually one removed the record mm -hmm. forgive you and removed the record just as if you never sinned mm -hmm. justification We need to preach the gospel a bit more so people understand. Because it is not like we were not punished for our sins. Jesus was punished for our sins. So in him we have been punished. The sin, this this sin has already punished you. You have already been punished. The Bible says you've been crucified with Christ. That's what it says. You have been crucified with Christ. So what has happened is not forgiveness. <laughs> but it's a big topic, right? Where am I going into it right now? But that's a come to advance when we do it next. What has happened is not forgiveness. What has happened is remission. Is is where sin has been satisfied. And in Colossians it says, by his blood he has blotted out every written ordinance that was against you. It's removed. Uh -huh. Wow. Now, do you see the truth? Do you see what it means when you say, boldly step out and speak the truth? That is the truth. That truth sets people free. That truth reveals the glory of God. Because it's the truth. When the truth is when we, we the children of God need to begin to operate in truth, in, in, in stepping out and being bold to declare the truth. The truth being what God has done. What Jesus has done. Who we have become in, in Christ. That truth, if we declare it to our bodies, if we declare it to our neighbors, if we declare it to our neighborhood, if we declare do you understand that truth, if we declare it to everything that concerns us, we will begin to see the revelation of the glory that is in us. If we are not declaring, stepping out and being bold to declare that truth, we don't see the glory that is in us. Hello? 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 I know Debbie has a habit of telling the kids every morning when they're going to school, you're the head and not the tail. <laughs> and sometimes I get asked the question, you know, I think, that, is it last week I'm driving to, to school and she says, you're the head and not the tail. And Zoe goes, what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's explain to you what this means. Yeah, but the truth must be declared. We should not become weak in declaring the truth. And the truth, what Christ has done for us. Yeah. And if we lack boldness in that area, do you know what's happening to us? Then we keep praying and fasting for things he has already done. Yeah. 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 That if, if, and most of these things are just going to take us being bold. Being bold and just, this is what he is like. This is the truth about who I am in him. I'm a child of God. I was telling you last week, I was like, you might as well don't, you 
might as well say I'm not a human being. It's fine. It's true. Because what if you when we begin to understand what God has done? people come on you know it is awesome to live in this generation but it's also like they said to what is it Clark Kent Superman with great power comes Spider-Man sorry with great power comes yeah I can see that some people are very well versed in this (laughs) This is how they shouted, like I just committed a big sin. It's Spider-Man. Natalie is our encyclopedia. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah? We are a generation that has got such a great responsibility. But this scripture here I just read, 2 Corinthians, should go, you go home, get encouraged by this. Uh-huh. Get encouraged by this. Lastly, it says this. It says, <clears throat> because the veil is lifted, we can also draw close to him, right? With no veil, we become mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. I showed you that already. We can reflect his glory. We are being transfigured into his image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. You know, bright, they named you right. <laughs> from one brighter level of glory to another. Okay, so here is where I'm going to finish. This thing of unspoken power unspoken authority. This thing of weight has got levels. So some people will carry a higher level. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. 
So on Acts chapter 3, when Paul and, uh, oh, Peter, sorry, Peter, Peter and, and, and John, they, when they're going to the temple and they, they said to the man, look at us. You know, remember? You remember when they said to the man, look at us. Some of you, that just messes up your theology right there. Because they didn't say look to God. They said look at us. The weights they carried, they knew they can handle it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. They knew they could handle this. You know? If you've got kids like this, and you want you are going on a trip on a shopping trip to Asda, you, you think twice. Okay? What is my weight? <laughs> because there's no way you're just coming out of there with a braid. Because yeah? somebody wants something else. Right? Peter and John looked at this man and said, Look at us! And he's I can only guess. I can only guess that when he looked at their eyes, that Moses thing was happening. That Moses thing that it was happening. Look at us. And he looked at them. And when Peter went for him and picked him up, the weight. The weight. It's the same thing. To prove it's the same glory that we have all received. Peter said this, don't worship us. Because the people said to worship us. And Peter said, no, no, no. We're just men like you. We are just men like you. I don't know how you, I'll preach one day that sermon. You know? But it's, it's, it's such a challenging thing. To hear a man who has just picked up a cripple say, we are just like you. It's so challenging. It's like, what? How come I didn't do it? <laughs> but that's what they said. They think they're all like, we are just men. We're just men like you. And, and he's like, but you just raised a, a person who's never walked before. In other words, what Peter is not saying, we just carry some weight greater than you are carrying right now. And people who have not understood that are ending up not understanding how God is doing things. Some go on the other side of being pompous. Some go on the other side, you know, yeah, of being pompous and thinking they're so different from everyone else. It's just grace. So God has just given you a certain way. And some go on the other side of worshipping the people. Yeah. But just honor people as you honor people. You must honor people. You must honor people, especially those of the family of God. That's what the Bible says. You got a problem, you know, if, if, you, if the only person you will honor is, 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 is Peter. Yeah? And not Martha or Mary. <laughs> You've got a problem, right? But that's not where we're going. I'm finishing there. That's where I'm going to finish. This glory, the Bible says, as we continue, we go from glory to glory. So your weight increases. The unspoken power 
with which you move increases. The intrinsic value of God you carry in you increases. These are not things that can be faked. It's intrinsic. It's intrinsic. It's in you. It's it's in you. It's either you've got it in you, the value, or you don't. And you can't cheat. As you stick with God, continue to walk with God, continue to desire God, continue to hear His word, to stare in the mirror all the time, you begin to be transformed into that image, transfigured into that image where your value increases. Are you with me? It increases. You know, it's so shocking when you read your Bible that Jesus did not, the first miracle he did was not raising the dead. (laughs) You really need to understand these things properly. Weights and how things operate. Hallelujah. What I am saying and I finish is this is the season we are in. Our job is to stay power. Boldly believing it and speak the truth. But how shall we speak the truth unless we continue to stare at the truth and know the truth, encounter the truth? The truth is Christ. The truth is the word of God. The truth is what Christ has done for us at the cross. The truth is the counsel of heaven. We need to occupy ourselves with truth so that we may speak the truth in every season, in every situation, to every mountain. Speak the truth. Half the things you see are not the truth. They are lies. Half the time. The devil, if if, if there's the greatest illusionist, is the devil. Have you seen those illusionists on Britain, the talent, you know, those magicians, they come and they do something and you're, whoa, how did he do that? He fools you. You're watching him like this and he fools you. A human being. And it's just a trick. He plays a card trick and you're like, wow. Totally fooled. The devil is better at those tricks. That's the only difference. And people don't understand. The devil, the devil is the greatest magician there is. And half the things you think you are seeing and are true about you are not the truth until you learn to speak the truth. Speak the truth of the word of God. Just because there's a symptom on your body does not mean it is the truth. Amen. We need to get this. Even if it's on the x-ray, it doesn't mean it's the truth. The truth is the word of God. The truth is Jesus. And speaking the truth boldly will reveal the weight you carry. But this also says will increase your weight. From one weight to the other. From glory to glory. Amen. Amen. So you defeat the things that you couldn't defeat before. If the devil makes a mistake, sends another the same demon back to you. 
You weep it this time. You say, you dropped me last time. This time, I'm weeping you. Intrinsic value. The things that you used to attract as your value improves, you no longer attract them. The negative things. It is, it, this is why it is wrong to predict what a child of God is going to become. I can't predict you. Because what I thought you were like last year, you're, you have an intrinsic value that increases. Mm. 